Section 28 of United States Senate Election, Expulsion, and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Case 26, Samuel S. Phelps, 1793-1855, Vermont. Election Case Appointment, January 4, 1854 to March 16, 1854. Issues. Whether appointment expires when the legislature next meets or only when the legislature elects a successor. Chronology. Request for ruling, January 4, 1854. Referred to committee, January 4, 1854. Committee report, January 16th. 1854. Senate vote, March 16, 1854. Result, Senate ruled term expired. Background. After graduating from Yale in 1811 and serving in the War of 1812, Samuel Phelps entered a career in public service in Vermont. He was first elected to the United States Senate as a Whig in 1838 and was re-elected in 1844. Phelps, an outspoken and forceful orator, delivered a powerful anti-slavery speech in 1848. At the completion of his term, Phelps returned to Vermont, but on January 17, 1853, the governor of the state appointed him to fill the Senate vacancy created by the January 14th death of William Upham. On January 19, 1853, Phelps took the oath of office and was seated. Statement of the Case As the Vermont legislature reached no agreement on a permanent replacement for Upham when it met in October and December 1853, Phelps returned to the Senate when the new Congress convened in December. On January 4, 1854, William H. Seward, Whig of New York, inquired whether Phelps, as an executive appointee, could continue to hold his seat even though the Vermont Assembly had already met in two regular sessions. Seward wondered whether the existence of an intervening legislature even if it failed to fill a senatorial vacancy, terminated the appointment of a senator named by the governor. The Senate referred the question of Phelps's status to the Judiciary Committee. Response of the Senate On January 16, 1854, the committee returned majority and minority reports. The former contended that, although clear limitations restricted the gubernatorial power to appoint during a legislative recess, the executive nomination continued in force until superseded by the action of the legislature or until the Senate term expired. The majority report therefore supported Phelps's claim to the seat citing the precedent established in the 1809 case of Samuel Smith of Maryland, see Case 8. In a minority report, Andrew P. Butler, Democrat of South Carolina, and James A. Bayard, Jr., Democrat of Delaware, countered that once a legislature met and had the opportunity to make a selection, 
a gubernatorial appointment would automatically terminate, even if the body did not use its power to elect a successor. Therefore, they asserted, Phelps had no right to continue in office. Phelps, who was known for his violent temper, argued valiantly, if bitterly, that nothing in the phraseology, quote, make appointments, unquote, implied duration. He grumbled that frequent postponements and delays had successfully fragmented his arguments, then complained of the, quote, empty desks, the chills of winter, the approach of old age, and the infirmities which beset me, unquote. Although he believed his position to be well supported by earlier contests, he explained that he felt too feeble to read the corroborating selections from congressional globes stashed under his desk. At this, Henry Foote, Democrat of Mississippi, quote, cheerfully, unquote, hauled forth the volumes and read the passages for him. The arguments for and against the beleaguered senator dragged on until March 16, 1854. Then, perhaps encouraged by Phelps's remark that the best favor the Senate could do was to retire him from all responsibility, the members, by a vote of 12 yeas to 26 nays, rejected the committee majority's recommendation in favor of Phelps and determined that he was not entitled to a seat in the Senate. They then unanimously voted to pay him mileage and per diem to the date of the vote. Conclusion The confusion surrounding gubernatorial appointments heightened as the number of challenges increased. Opposing sides, often influenced by the escalating sectional conflict of the 1850s, took advantage of the contests for their own political convenience. Each new challenge further underscored the awkwardness of the senatorial election process. The Phelps case was no exception, and the exchanges during the almost two months of debate were notable for their caustic unpleasantness. As a result of this stalemate, Vermont lacked full Senate representation from March 16th to October 14, 1854, when the legislature finally elected a new senator to fill the remaining months of the vacancy. Phelps died the year after he left Washington. End of Case 26 and of Section 28